0: as well as Doom Jazz legend Jason Conan, who provides his eerie and haunting melodies for the right atmosphere. Alone in the Dark is available March 20th on PS5, Xbox Series XS, and PC. Pre-order your copy now and escape into the dark.
1: Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot.
2: To the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. My friendship to all
0: of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind you.
1: Greetings, constant listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast. I'm your host for today, Michael Monroeville Mall-Rothman, and standing here on the porch of Chapelweight is...
3: (laughs) Hi, this is Jen to The Rage Adams.
1: Well, Rage, you will be on this episode because (laughs) I know that we were... We're talking to Adrian Brody. Star um, of Chapelweight, if you couldn't tell, um, he, yes. uh, he he plays Captain Charles Boone. <laughs> um, I gotta say, when we first got news that we were going to be interviewing the cast and crew of Chapelweight, I was pretty excited about the possibility that we were going to be talking to Adrian Brody. It was surreal. I mm-hmm. I've, I've definitely spoken to Oscar winners in the past or those, but the, there's something about Adrian Brody that like. Um, I don't know. I, I had a little anxiety going into this interview. What about you? <laughs> oh,
3: absolutely. I mean, you know, I haven't done too many interviews with actors before, and I have never talked to an Oscar winning actor who is also a bit of a dream crush for me. Um, so yes, I was super nervous about it. But he was really cool. like he really he was laid back, really kind, you know.
1: yeah, I was kind of I was kind of blown away by just how um, even cooler he was in person. Um, mm-hmm. you know, not in person, but like I guess in Zoom is kind of like quote unquote in person, in yeah. a way
3: The closest to person we're gonna get right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was funny. So we got off the phone, and um, and Sam was like, "Oh, what did the the um, what is his, what did he look? His room look like?" And the best way I could describe it is like I, it looked like he was like in a foyer or something. Uh huh. Like, like a you, fancy
3: library foyer right? vestibule. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So, uh, y- you know, you can watch the v- interview. We've been uh, dropping the, the video interviews on our Patreon, slash the Barons, if you want to watch the video interview portion. But we stripped the audio, edited it down. Our great editor, Kyle Rozovich, uh, Hi, put Kyle. It, you know, put it down, took out some of the, the, the blank spaces. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we got a series of interviews that are coming up. The first, we wanted to kick it off with Asian Brody. We're kicking it off. With Brody, who for years everyone keeps telling me I look like I don't look anything <laughs> like him. And, and if you watch the video interview on our Patreon, you could tell that he you know, we don't look anything alike. It's, let's mm-hmm. just let's end it now. Um, we'll see
3: what the listeners have to say. <laughs>
1: yeah, seriously. But I, I I enjoyed this interview. It's short, sweet, fifteen mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, fifteen minutes in heaven, I would say. Um, I would say too. Yeah, it was know, very I'm, nice. I never played that game before, but I'd oh, like really? to say that I played it with Adrian Brody here. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say we didn't really talk about heavenly stuff. We talked about kind of his rigorous uh, work that you you know as he's going to go through. Because uh, I don't know if you're familiar, if you're a Brody head, a uh, Brody buff, um, <laughs> you'd know that his career is just filled with like like roles that are hurdles. You know, mm-hmm. he's actually broken his, uh, he's broken bones before, uh, as he, as he talks about in this, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's done many things with worms. So, yeah. uh, if you're a little, mm. if you're a little squeamish, you know, yeah. um, please listen his on
3: commitment to the craft. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think his commitment to the craft definitely speaks in his uh, performance here in Chapel way. I just think he's just so enigmatic.
3: Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. He just, the tone, like he sets the tone for the entire show. Oh, you know? totally. And it's, it's like so creepy and like whispery and gruff. And it's just fantastic.
1: I love him. I love him. Well, yeah. enjoy this interview. Uh, and if you haven't listened to our TV review yet, you should. Because look, I, I we didn't know this, but Epic's dropped three episodes of Chapelweight. Three. Ooh so you know we're not we, we were saying vaguely spoiler review mm-hmm. if you watch this three episodes you're pretty much like you're it, not that to say that you're caught up with us because we watched the whole thing i didn't watch the whole thing jen you watched the whole thing randall watched mm-hmm. the whole thing i think Catherine watched five episodes but you'll get the good gist of what we're talking about in that episode mm-hmm. so you know go back listen to the tv review and then enjoy these chats because we got uh adrian here coming up we got emily Hampshire that you'll see uh in the feed next and then we also have uh, the showrunners and masterminds of this show, so it's going to be it's it's an it's an exciting run uh, that mm-hmm. we have coming up. But first, let's talk to uh, Mister Boone himself, uh, Mister Brody.
2: Hi, Jan and Mike. How are you?
1: Good. How are you? Good. good. Yeah, really well. Well, Adrian, you know you're certainly no stranger when it comes to period pieces. And I, and I wanted to know, especially as someone I, I, who loves history, do you have an affinity for history, you know, especially when it comes to choosing projects for yourself? Um, I
2: like when um, you can immerse into a world that isn't so easily blurred with the, your day-to-day life and that you can really pull yourself as a person from that, your world into and and really start contemplating life in another time um, yeah. so i do like that i mean my father was a history teacher so we we hopefully learn from our past i think there's an element of that that they, they try to uh weave into chapel way that you know it's uh we haven't learned <laughs> from our past <laughs> <but> well enough <laughs> obviously but um but but sometimes we do and i you know in the case of something like this the The advantage of being in the 1850s, for instance, is that the stakes are so much higher. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have any of the of access to information that you would in, a, in, a, in a, any later time in history, and so you are literally in the dark. Yeah. And when when strange things start happening, as an audience, it's very exciting to be find yourself in that world, and definitely as an actor to to, to only have at your disposal the you know a match and a and a lantern and a, a blade or a very primitive you know weapon that you have to load a single shot in and you know it's just it's a very different story so I I, mm-hmm. I love that aspect of it yeah. yeah yeah
3: but what's your relationship with the world of Stephen King did you grow up reading his books or are there any films of his that particularly get under your skin
2: um I love Stephen King's work. I, I I would say I've I've watched more adaptations than books that I've I've actually read, but I I do love his writing very much. He's he's a wonderful and he's inspired obviously so many people, and he just has this very cinematic quality in his writing. I mean, that, I think that's why mm-hmm. one wants to adapt to Stephen King piece <laughs> because it's it is so visual and 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 you feel such. Uh, a, a graphic depiction of the the feel, you know in and, mm-hmm. and that storytelling and, and uh I love that you know I, I love Poe's writing I read quite a bit of Poe when I was young interestingly enough and my, my dad had some books and, and and I just loved it even when I was very young um <laughs> but uh, I love I love Stephen King's work I mean I love The
1: Shining <laughs> you
2: know it was a different depiction than the than the book, but um, mm-hmm. he got,
1: he got a lot of the yeah. gist of it. I think, I yes. think Cooper
2: that movie, I mean, I, I really do love the, oh, totally. the, the, the feel yeah. of that and the performances. And, but I, I mean, I, I love Stephen King adaptations along the way. They were fantastic. So yeah. Yeah.
1: What, what about horror? You know, cause I, I, you have a, you have a great relationship with the genre. I mean, you got to work with Dario Argento mm-hmm. um, you know, were you a big fan of this genre going up also? And even yeah. now,
2: yeah, I am a fan. Um, I used to go to see every Nightmare on Elm Street when they would come out in theater. Awesome. And, um, <laughs> I remember, I remember meeting Robert Englund once and being super a, a fan. <laughs> 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 oh wow! Um, but like, you know, I, 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 yeah, I, I guess I do love the thrill of it. I, I think definitely through my adolescence age and my juvenile delinquent friends we that we got a real thrill and just seeing horror movies and i like being a part of conjuring that up now
1: Uh that
2: was a big thrill for me and you know even we're working with dario like i i think suspiria and all that they were just so crazy so crazy and and rich and odd and i Wanted to explore what that was like working with him and 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 that style of very graphic horror and oh you know, yeah <laughs> yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very different very different approach obviously to Chapelwick, but I like mm-hmm. I like the world yeah I like it very much is and that kind of what world, drew you to and the... all of that I mean I like elements of of things that are much greater than than us yeah you know, mm-hmm. to contend with yeah
3: yeah. Is that kind of what drew you to this project and to the role of Charles?
2: It was, uh, it was part of it. I mean, um, of course, I, I love that this was an adaptation of Stephen King's Jerusalem's lot, but I, I guess as a man now, I, I related to a lot of what I admired about Charles Boone, mm-hmm. which is this fortitude and pragmatic um, approach and a tenacity you know he's someone who had to overcome a lot of tragedy personally in his life obviously and Mm -hmm. um now with incorporating a family and having to his wife passing having to be in a new world being a single father with the with just with that responsibility just trying to be there Even emotionally present for his children, and he spent probably most of his days running a ship and dealing with men on a ship and keeping orders. It's a big shift for a man, I would think, during that that time period, and Mm -hmm. having the mother around, and 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 then now to have all of these threats coming, and then contend with his own mental condition that he's. Reeling from, uh, I think that all was very attractive to me. It's just a, an avalanche of work for a man who yeah. have to overcome. And um, I feel like you know, in in a way, I learned from all of these characters. And I it, it it's a it is a process. We sit and watch a finished film or or an episodic depiction of a story, but each moment is such it takes so much consideration um, that to internalize that that it's um there is growth from it and Mm -hmm. uh, and then when i come back to my life it's usually much easier than the characters that i choose to (laughs) inhabit so i
1: I would hope so Uh, (laughs) (laughs) especially by comparison for charles i mean from the get-go he really does have just so much on his plate like he never gets a load off like you you pretty much have to walk into this role knowing that you're just you know, on a bed of needles, or yeah, you know, like yeah. so much anxiety. Was that exhausting? You know, like being on edge like that whole time. I mean, you really yeah. don't get to let up. Yeah, it's
2: exhausting. Um, but I, <laughs> we'd have to look through my IMD list of films <laughs> for me to tell you a, the the couple films that weren't exhausting, or the couple <laughs> that I was going to
1: say yeah. I've chosen.
2: I mean, some people have made a career of finding things that are less. Challenging in that way. But I like I said, I I must have some perverse uh masochistic <laughs> tendency. I don't think that I really am, but I to be honest, I really want to honor the hardships that I am conscious of that so many people really do endure. I think that right. is whether it's a fictional thing that has all these heightened and you know other supernatural elements, or or it's the pianist. Yeah. So I I yearn to greater understand and convey the complexity of humanity and the grave issues that all of us as individuals have to contend with in our lives, which mm-hmm. no one is really free from. no one mm-hmm. but others and the characters that that I find fascinating have had a lot, a lot of hardship. and and in spite of that, triumph and i believe yeah. that is the the through line of what attracts me to a role is mm-hmm. being somehow heroic in spite of all the shit that you have coming raining down on you mm-hmm. and if you're able yeah. to do that to a certain degree that is heroic if you're able to spare you know do your best to to spare the suffering for your children or the rest of humanity while you've got visions of worms <laughs> pouring out of your boat, you know that's a, that's a triumph. Yeah. 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 Really- well,
3: <laughs> we wanted to ask about those worms too, yeah. um because there's so much of like it's an emotionally challenging role, but I feel like there's a lot of like, and it's a, kind of an endurance test too. Yeah. Like, did, did you really take an ice bath?
2: Or was that a problem? Um, the, wor- the worms were real. I have taken real ice baths. It was not really practical in this so much, um, mm. um, but. I have done real ice baths and I've done, I've done quite a bit in, in my, uh, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we, we, we had a worm wrangler. We had real worms. I took a bath of worms. Oh I, my, I, God. I, it was my suggestion to put the real worms.
1: Of up course. My nose. <laughs> Wait, yeah. up your nose. You, you yeah, actually did.
2: I really inserted a worm, uh, which was probably not smart. Like everybody, <laughs> everybody was so afraid of, you know, following COVID protocol. And then I was like, that's probably, it's a really like sensitive area. Like, who knows what I can- Right. (laughs) So, but I I was, you know, I get so excited about, this is going to be really difficult for me to do. Like I've done films, I've eaten, eaten, I ate a worm in another movie, Uh, not to digress too much, but uh, I did a film called Wrecked. And we had a moment that I was trying to convince the director to shoot my character is broken and on the floor of a forest, another walk in the park, literally. walk <laughs> and There was this worm on the side of the river drowning in a rock, in a in a pool of water inside of a rock. And it was so tragic. And I said, this is my character's story. He's never going to get out. And I said, you need to film this. You got to shoot this. And he wouldn't shoot it because we were late. And I said, I'll eat it. He said you'll eat it. Grab the camera and we shot it, and we did an over-the-shoulder of me observing it so the audience gets to see it, and I contemplate that. And then the character's hungry, and I pulled it out, and I ate it.
1: Oh, my wow. God. I did, get,
2: I did get sick from that. I was okay. going to say, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I feel like that would... ah oh God. So would you... Because I know that in the past, you've done your own stunts, broken your nose in a lot of those stunts. <laughs>
2: a lot of those stunts, but enough, <laughs> but <laughs> enough to, I was enough to
1: not want to get,
2: put,
1: <laughs> is there anything where you've just been like, I mean, cause now we know that you've eaten or you've been able to put it in your nose. Is there anything that you're like, no deal, not going to do it. So this is too far. I'm not having it.
2: <laughs> um, we'll see. I mean, I'm not looking for, I don't look forward to them, by the way. Yeah, no, of course <laughs> I mean, not. Yeah. It's not. That's not something I go, oh, I can't wait for the day to <laughs> eat the worm. I mean, that wasn't even in the script, by the way. It oh, just my happened, God. And that's how I'm committed. I'm so committed to, you know, the guy, the guy had no food, and, got, you know, that I believe that he might do that to justify getting it in the movie. I'll do mm. it. Um <laughs> Well, but I have to love the, i have to love the. i have to love the work and if, if we're yeah. all for're all conspiring together and the work is good i i go through pretty great lengths yeah
1: like i will say the work is yeah. great thank you it's all paid off so thank you so much <laughs> and, and good luck with everything this is awesome great. Appreciate <laughs> it yeah, yeah
3: thank you all
1: right, all right. I got you. I got some hot friends. god i got some hot friends
2: This has been a Bloody Disgusting Show. Thanks for tuning in. If you like our programming, consider searching for other Bloody Disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more.